Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Accelerating your fandom, this is Flash TV Talk. Welcome to Flash TV Talk, the fan podcast dedicated to news, reviews, and more for the hit CW show, The Flash. I'm Bo. And I'm Bell. Bell, man, how are you doing tonight? I'm melting. You're what? You're melting! <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I, I got like, I had, I had a sore throat last night. And it was really bad all last night. And I woke up this morning and was still with it. And I'm like, you know, all the news, all these, you know, Corvid coronavirus stuff. And yeah. And uh, now I'm just unduly paranoid yeah i mean i think uh, i think unduly paranoid is true of the entire world at the moment but also legitimately paranoid because it's it's <laughs> a truly frightening situation but at the same time you know so my wife works in healthcare, and she's like well you know when it all comes down to it it's it's very similar to the common cold it's very possible that many people have had corona without even knowing that they had corona because of the way it works and, and unless it like starts you know really hitting your re- upper respiratory stuff and you're already kind of predisposed to be able to you know, be impacted or your immune system was compromised, then you're likely going to be okay, which yeah. I've been trying to like retell myself to kind of, you know, be chill about everything. But no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting time, Bell. It's an interesting time in the world that we live in, but that is why we have the flash to escape from the real world. <laughs> this is true. And enjoy a little, uh, a little escapism and, uh, and talk about a, a fun show. And man, we've got a great show. We've got a blast of a show, the kind of show that makes you remember why you love this show kind of show. And so I'm really, really looking forward to, uh, to talk about this week's episode with you. But first, we got to give a major shout out to our patrons who are making the show happen over at patreon.com slash TV talk. We actually are dropping this week a little bit of shenanigans, uh, private audio just for the patrons. So if you want a little little taste of something extra, uh, this is a good week to become a, a patron for that. Also, we are trying to drive towards creating an Earth 90 TV talk where we go back to the John Wesley ship version of the Flash and do that entire series. We can make it happen with your help. Learn more over at patreon.com slash TV talk. Shout out this week, by the way, to patrons Charlie Bach, of course, our rock opera master of uh, of music who creates our theme music and everything is also a wonderful patron of ours as well as brian murowski murowski um murowski murowski where's yeah. the money murowski no, that's 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 different <laughs> oh that's that is different <laughs> well the money is going to help this show happen so big shout out to brian and charlie this week for uh for being our amazing patrons and you can be a patron too at patreon.com slash tv talk bell we got an episode to talk about you ready for this Let's do it. Let's jump into The Rundown. The Rundown. Episode 13 of Season 6, Grod Friended Me, a.k.a. Grod's Not Dead, a.k.a. Oh My Grod. Just kidding. It's just Grod Friended Me. Directed by Stefan Plazinski and story by Kristen Kim and Joshua V. Gilbert. Bell, what happened this episode? Well, while looking for his parents' graves, Flash finds Pied Piper in the middle of a jewelry store robbery and sees that he now has sonic abilities. Camilla and Chester are helping out on comms because Ralph is pursuing Sue, Iris is working on a case, and Caitlin is at Argus checking up on blood work. After Pied Piper gets away, Barry is left wondering what else happened following the crisis. 
While working to update Gideon, Barry is visited by Chester, who tries to improve the portable AI device. However, Chester makes a mistake, and when Barry attempts to use Gideon, he is transported into Grodd's mind, who is still in a coma at Argus. Grodd states that there is a gatekeeper that's keeping both him and Barry from exiting Grodd's mindscape. Flash investigates and discovers that the gatekeeper is a mental copy of Solovar. As Mirror Iris continues to look for information on Carver, Ava and Iris attempt to use the same device Ava had finished the night of the particle accelerator explosion to escape the Mirror Universe, but her arms are burned when she tries to get through. Meanwhile, Allegra learns that she has a doppelganger that used to work for Nash. And after some persuasion from Caitlin, Chester works to help Barry out of Grodd's mindscape as Flash and Grodd work together to beat Solovar. Once they escape the mindscape and successfully separate, Caitlin arranges for Grodd to be released on probation. Back in the Mirror Dimension, as Iris leaves to get bandages, Ava contacts Mirror Iris, who is actually working for her, and briefly got the same injuries which Ava heals. As Nash is going to confront Allegra, he sees another vision involving Sherlock Wells, who, is, who says... He is coming. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Bell, you were freaking right. Mega Wells. <laughs> OMG. Oh, my God. I got Bell. the Mega Wells, man. Bell, uh, Mega Wells. Mega Wells all season long. Mega Wells. Mega Wells. Back half of the season. Mega Wells. <laughs> Mega Wells. Maybe maybe now is a good time to to tell you that my pen name is Joshua V. Gilbert. Uh, I actually, yeah, yeah that, I actually wrote this episode. Yeah, that would make some sense. That would make some sense. Mega Mega Bell was <laughs> Mega <behind> Bell's. <laughs> yeah, that I, I I like that. I finally get to to say I call. I mean, I, I I call them all the time. Let's let's face it. Um, I'm I'm more right about anything than you. I thought you'd be magnanimous in victory here, but uh, I mean to be fair, we don't. You didn't deny me. Oh, you you did deny me. You, you, you yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like so ha. I liked Mega Wells. Try, try yeah, you Mega- liked it, but you were like, "Oh, that's stupid. They're never going to do that. That's dumb." Try Mega Wells Rex Source. <laughs> Mega Wells. Well, anyway, I'm right. You are wrong. Eat your crow and your hat. <laughs> well, to be fair, we don't fully know that you're right. I mean, it does, but I will say this: this particular week's episode, the way that it ended definitely seemed to lend to the mega wells theory and for those that did not listen last week uh or who may have i get the sense why didn't you well i get the sense that maybe over the last few weeks there haven't really been like the desire to like listen to flash podcasts that are out there you know what i mean because they haven't they haven't really been firing on all cylinders that you know that they haven't well, and quite these are the crisis filmed episodes right or, or the episodes that were filmed during crisis and so i i mean i get it well, those this, this were was, we, those were but we're back yeah this this was clearly a post-crisis this flash right episode. here yeah mm-hmm. yeah this was this was this was certainly like they have hit their stride uh and 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 now i i feel like from here on out we're, we're not gonna have you know it, it, stinker is a bad word but like just just not as not as uh you liked one of the episodes like the, the, i did i mean i i did i thought it was fun but like I, again it's not like it's not what we're used to with flash right like that that was the big that was a big thing i think the reason why people didn't like the valentine's episode is because it was it wasn't what we're used to that it felt like a legends episode it really did that's right uh but i like legends and so i like that episode but like i i still think that yes it was different and it wasn't it wasn't like flash caliber i guess you could say well what, what was phenomenal about this episode is we got so much going on we got answers but we also got new questions we actually got some development of characters that have been kind of 
introduced, it was almost like introduced to be sidelined uh, with the example of our kind of our B team stepping up here of Camilla and Chester. And for the first time, I actually feel like I can call Camilla Camilla, right? Like it seems like she actually had some character agency for the first time in her entire existence in this universe. <laughs> and Chester's really interesting because Chester is, you know, everybody knows that guy uh, or, or perhaps gal who's not, who's not part of like the group, but really wants to be part of the group. And like really kept on showing up. Like you got that vibe early on between like Barry and Chester, where it's like Barry's like, you, you it's like, yeah, no, you're it's great, you're here, but you know, you're not you know, we got kind of a thing going on. You know what I mean? Like, and you're not really yeah. part of that thing. Like every like there's always that person that shows up that tries to get too familiar too quickly. Yeah, and, and you're like, you don't know us that well. <laughs> right, right. I mean, like, you know, Chester, of course, he had the uh he was eager. He was excited. There was a lot of fanboying out going on. And, you know, so that that was all well and good. And obviously, he's got the super genius component going on, although not quite to the level of some other super geniuses on display in this episode. And we'll, we'll talk about that when we get closer, because, man, there's there's really a lot to unpack by uh, some of the discussions that were had. Uh, by by everybody, by from Barry to Gideon to Chester and Camilla to Grodd, um, we got a little bit more of an exposure to the world that they live in. In fact, you know, I, I say that Camilla and Chester are the B team, but it's very possible, or, or you could be forgiven for thinking at least at first that perhaps they were the new A team or have been the A team of Earth Prime because of just how out of water Barry still feels in this new new Earth. Yeah, you know, that's 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 kind of a good point is, you know, the episodes prior to this one, again, they were filmed during the filming of Crisis. And so we didn't really have an avenue to, like, kind of explore what happens after Crisis because they were filming it. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, And so we don't know what the new normal is because we haven't really seen it yet. And so maybe, yeah, maybe this is just maybe this is the new normal Uh, is that Camilla's on comms and, uh, uh, you know, Chester's just trying to be cool and stuff i gotta tell you i did not dislike them as kind of a cisco caitlin 2.0 they actually they worked really really well you know uh obviously chester does have that kind of uh, a super sciencey aspect that allows him to walk up to you know essentially future tech and start uh, and start messing with it and somehow enhancing it within under a second so i mean like you know obviously there's uh there's there's that angle that that is brought to the table uh, and then Camilla on comms, you know, Camilla's great. She's great. <laughs> and and I, it's kind of weird. Like I, I, I cause since we hadn't seen her, I kind of assumed that Cisco took her with him. Right. But, uh, that that apparently is not the case. Nope. Nope. Although she did uh, inform us that uh, Cisco will be back next week, and uh, with everything coming next week, I think it's probably the the appropriate time for it. Well, hold on. It's not next week, though, right? It's a week after next. I'm sorry. It, it, next episode, not next week, because there's no episode next week. But the but next episode, we should see uh, Cisco's return, which which will be cool because next next episode's gonna be good. Oh, it is. It is, and well, that's gonna that's gonna play into a bunch of stuff, man. Like it, this is an interesting episode to go into. So, like I said, there's a lot that was revealed in this about the fact that the world has changed. Uh, Barry, in particular, the way it opened up was very different from ways that we see we've seen episodes of the flash open up it gave it a real weighty feel you know what i mean yeah like um the cold open of him just kind of walking out and he's got the flowers and it's there's almost kind of a pseudo surreal nature to it and you know you get the sense that something's on his mind but you don't even know at that moment what it is and well, obviously they unpack it throughout the episode that he was trying to find his parents grave but man i i thought it it was very 
it was unsettling in the right kind of way and not something that we're used to in a cold open of the flash yeah like i was halfway thinking he was going to oliver's grave oh like put flowers on it or something well you know funny enough i was thinking about oliver the entire time you know whenever changes to the the timeline happen everybody's like dang it barry this is like the one time that barry is able to go dang it oliver (laughs) (laughs) yes yes (laughs) so this is what it feels like when somebody messes up the timeline (laughs) no it's it's good though but uh we do see that you know, now there's a train where there didn't used to be a train. His parents' grave are in a completely different location, which for a brief moment, man, I thought might be setting up a reveal or explanation as to what has been teased out of show that Jay Garrick is actually on Earth Prime, that he is, you know, a The Flash or a the original Flash or what have you, and is currently in existence on the same Earth, which we've discussed before on the show, but is, is somewhat confusing if the idea is that he had a doppelganger, right? And then, yeah. you know, and, and what does that mean for Henry Allen? And if Jay is actually here and Jay was the, essentially the, the Henry Allen of his earth, just, you know, with changes to the timeline, making him a Jay Garrick as opposed to a Henry Allen. And so anyway, all that to say, um, I thought we were going to get more explanation to that, or at least a, an introduction to that, but that did not seem to be the case. I mean, maybe next episode. It's possible. We never, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but we never actually saw the graves. No. And that's what I wanted to ask you about is that uh, Chester showed him where the cemetery was. Yeah. But was that in Central City? Like, I mean, because he just speeds off like immediately after that. And like, it was was a real quick glimpse of the map. But like, it looked like an older map, like an older uh, uh, city map. planner drawing or something like that and i didn't see anything just out of that brief split second to like pick up on but was it still in central city i mean like because i i don't i don't see because barry said he searched all this all the cemeteries in central city and he didn't find it so like maybe it's not in central city and if that's the case why wouldn't it be so that would make more sense if like barry didn't grow up in central city anymore oh well uh, uh. And, and so like his like he actually grew up elsewhere in like I don't know, a suburb or something. But I don't know that that would necessarily impact too much. Um, It does seem like, especially from if you kind of go all the way back to the first episode of this second half of the season, uh, Cisco had kind of laid out a timeline that seems to imply very heavily that not much is very different in terms of the big story elements from what we've experienced before, uh, which would imply that, you know, that, that Harrison Wells was Thawne at one point and, and basically, you know, everything that we've seen from season to season with minor differences is pretty much the same. Now, that being said, this episode also introduced a lot of concepts that might prove that to be exactly wrong. When Barry is in the mind of Grodd, he sees a Harrison Wells who is on his feet. Right, because that was pre-particle uh, pre accelerator. Exactly. In fact, they're talking, they're actively talking about the creation of the particle accelerator, which means that this is supposed to be a time when Harrison Wells is believed to be in his wheelchair and would not be up and walking about. So no, 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 no. Hold on. Harrison Wells was put in the wheelchair after the particle accelerator. I thought started. he was put in. I thought he was in the wheelchair um, after the crash. No, you're right. You're right. Because actually yeah. in flashbacks, that's that. You you know what? You're absolutely yeah. correct. Okay. Yeah. Scratch my entire theory there. <laughs> I was about to go on a completely, uh, you know, it, uh, well, you know what? I'll, I'll still stick with this to some extent, even though there's no basis for it. Like, <laughs> 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 
My thought was, could we have been seeing Grodd's memories of a an actual Harrison Wells of Earth One instead of an Eobard Thawne? No, absolutely not. It was Eobard. Yeah, you're right. I, I yeah. was wrong. I got that wrong. <laughs> I was just, I was just so stoked because uh, I was like, oh. It's it's the quote it's it's HG Abard and he's walking around and he's not supposed to be walking around and therefore yeah I I messed that one up. Yeah, cuz like that was the whole thing, right? It's a particle accelerator exploded and that's how Grodd got out, right? So like, you know, Grodd wouldn't be in a cage at Star Labs if it was post particle accelerator. Pied Piper's got to be having some sort of like time travel whiplash. You know, cuz he was good or he's bad and then Flashpoint and now or not even Flashpoint, it I think it was like a uh, the first time that Barry or one of the first times that Barry was messing around with time and then he was good and he's been good, although he's been off camera, but he's been good off camera and now he's bad again and he can fly. Yeah, because they got to bring those rogues back. I think that I think that was a great move. Like it was it was interesting to see, uh, you know, Harley as a, as like a good guy for a bit. But I, I think this is I think this is a good move. I think crisis is going to allow them to kind of like undo a lot mm. of the things that they did. So that we can have like a big rogues gallery kind of meetup thing. And that, that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, so let's talk about that real quick. Because Chester did make mention of the fact that Captain Cold was bad and then was good. Which means that he has, as a passive viewer slash uh, not, you know, he, he his entire memory of existence comes directly from Earth Prime. You know, he, he was not Martian mind wiped or anything like that. Um, even just the way he was reacting to Barry reacting to the post-crisis world kind of communicated to us that he, he has, he has always been of an earth prime mindset. And since he knows that about captain cold, uh, to me, that also confirms that, you know, the legends, <laughs> if you want to call it a timeline, uh, the legends, Jeremy Barramy is still intact. Jeremy Barramy. You don't know about the Jeremy Barramy? No. Okay. Have you ever seen uh, this? Is a quick, quick side t- time travel related side thing. Uh, you've you've never watched The Good Place? No, I have not. All right. They talk about how time exists differently in the afterlife, and they call it a Jeremy Barry because the timeline actually looks like the word Jeremy Barry in cursive. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That and basically, whenever I see it, I always think of Legends of Tomorrow. I was like, that's the Legends timeline. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Jeremy Barry. Anyway, some of our listeners got that. The rest of you, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so no, Legends is still intact, which means that we're probably not going to get a Captain Cold uh, resurrection of any kind. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. Um, maybe. I suppose it's possible. I'm, I'm holding on hope for it. I'm just holding on hope for it. Yeah. You know, we, we got to see Gideon uh, in, in action again, you know, as Barry's trying to figure out all these different changes and everything, he uses Gideon. It's great to see that she is still you know, fundamentally working, right? Like she has knowledge, like the, the software, the AI is very much um, aware of changes to the timeline. Uh, even if it's not directly from Barry or directly as related to the speed force. Although one imagines that the speed force is impacted in some form or fashion. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, if you watch the, 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 the trailer for the next week's episode, you know, that's the case. You know what? Let's do this. Cause I, you and me both really want to talk about that. Let's, let's save, we're going to do something different this episode. I'm going to bump. What was our speedster speculation to the end of our rundown discussion here? Uh, and we'll, we'll make talking about the next trailer as part of our speedster speculation. Sound good. I like that. Yeah. Let's do that because like it's, it's mm, yeah, it's juicy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it really a, is. It's a it juicy really trailer. 
Uh, which I, I was shocked it wasn't already the speedster speculation. Now, Gideon in particular, man, I, when he was getting frustrated with Gideon, uh, given so many different options and answers, I thought he might just stop what he was doing and ask Alexa. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Alexa, how many changes have there been to the Earth Prime timeline? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I need to I need to find an Alexa and ask and ask Alexa that and see if uh, see if there there's an answer. Actually, that that'd be that'd be amazing. That'd be incredible. What a, what a great now see that's what they should have done for product placement is have kind of that uh, exchange where if you asked Alexa, Gideon asks questions, she gives you uh, Gideon ask uh, answers. Um, but of course, Gideon is un- in fact unimpacted uh, by the change. She's aware of all the changes. That's what the AI is built to do. But we also learned this episode that Grodd is aware of the pre-crisis reality. And this, Which I thought was kind of interesting. Well, so I thought this kind of lends itself a little bit more to your Mega Wells theory even more so. Because if I'm remembering correctly, Bell, your, your mindset was that Wells being kind of this like supreme intelligence has kind of this like shared mind with the other Wells post crisis. No, 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 no. Like what my theory was is that Wells being smart was able to identify the crisis that was happening, just like, uh, uh, you know, the monitor was like he he knew it was happening and uh, they the Wells knew it was happening. They could detect the antimatter wave and um what they did because of that is they found a way to save themselves basically um, from the crisis by um, I guess merging down into whatever consciousness they knew would survive it. In this case, it was pariah slash Nash. Sure. The one true Wells. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, cool. Well, so this was my, then that, then that case I'm, I'm kind of going in a bit of a different uh, direction here because I was wondering if the idea is that like like in insanely high intelligence level um, I forget like in, in DC comics there's actually like a lingo for this in terms of like levels of intelligence and so uh, traditionally you have kind of like these three like most intelligent minds on the planet which is like uh, Lex Luthor Mr. Terrific and Batman if I'm remembering correctly um, so I'm wondering if there is kind of like this you have to be X amount of smart or have this X amount of like like qualifier in your brain to be able to comprehend the world pre-crisis and the world post-crisis. Uh, I, I think that would make some kind of sense. And I think with Grodd, it was a situation where like he was smart, he knew what was coming and maybe he's so smart that um, he's able to perceive those changes. Like, I, I don't think his is a Wells kind of thing. Um because, I mean, Nat- Nash knew about Crisis. Like, he was trying to go and stop it, right? Like, that's why he released the anti-monitor. Yeah, was- but Nash is a little bit different. It's not like he... I mean, like, he's he was more of, like, an Indiana Jones saw the, you know, the relics and everything and tracked it all down and traced it from that standpoint and put put together the puzzle. It was... Le- and it wasn't less about... It wasn't... Um, I didn't see, see... I don't see Nash as a futurist. Yeah. Whereas with yeah, a lot of the that. other Wells is specifically, you know... Harry in particular is very much a futurist. So, yeah. you know, I, now let's just, I mean, like if we, if we kind of go off the mindset though, that, that there is kind of this notion that if you are X amount of smart, then your mind may have been more powerful than the crisis itself. And that may be the case with Grot. Interesting. I'm just putting I mean, it out I, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I think it was more of like, because it all had to do with the mind, right? Martian Mind Hunter, you know, taps your head or whatever. <laughs> mind and, Hunter. 
Martian Mindhunter? That's what you Martian said. Martian Manhunter. Manhunter. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, he touches their brain and unlocks something that allows them to see and understand the differences between pre and post crisis. So uh, Grodd's intelligence level is thus that he doesn't need that touch from Martian Manhunter. It's just innate, right? Like he, he understood it just from like being so smart, I think is what it was. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah, so, no, I, or, or, I or maybe his intelligence is such that like the crisis couldn't. Well, yeah, I guess that's what you just said, right? The crisis couldn't impact. I'm it curious to see if this comes up again. That's my main thing. Like, I'm wondering if there's going to be other such characters that that have pre-memory and it's going to be tied to some form of intelligence. Well, I'll, I'll bet we'll get an explanation for it when we go further down the mega wells. Uh, I think you're exactly right. I think I think you're exactly right. Now, we do get a great run Grodd run, run moments. Uh, Barry is kind of forced to team up with Grodd. Um, man, this, uh, uh, this, this particular storyline I thought was, was done fantastically. So exciting to see those two facing off again. The fact that Barry, as soon as he's out of the cage, goes up and like smacks him in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's hilarious. I, yeah. I thought that was great. I, you know, I love to see Grodd again. I thought that was awesome. Like seeing Flash Grodd or, or Flawed <laughs> or, uh, or, or, or Frog. Yeah. No, not Frog. Uh, but yes. <laughs> Interesting. I, I, yes. So this- cool. And like the, the, the bloody Flash symbol on Grodd's chest. Uh, I mean, again, this is kind of like a, a panel-esque or a, kind of a take on Grodd from uh, a storyline. I think, and I could be mistaken here, but I think this is a storyline where Grodd very briefly in the comics did want to steal the Speed Force from Barry. And uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he had kind of painted not just the the, uh, the lightning bolt, but also kind of uh, streaks from Barry's costume on, on his body in blood, um, but also had his kind of traditional armor rocking and that sort of thing. So you do get the sense that like perhaps they were trying to visually communicate that with the lightning kind of being where his armor would be and the blood being, you know, exactly where the blood would be uh, from that particular uh, take on the character. Um, thought it looked incredibly cool. They did the whole, uh, what was the Dragon Ball Z thing where the kids like do the finger touch and they become the same thing? Oh, um, the, the, the fusion dance. Yeah, they did a fusion well, dance. Well, there's a couple different ways because they didn't do the earrings. The earrings, like, you know, you, I, I put on the left, you put on the right one, and we merged together. But then there's the fusion dance, which is another way to merge. Yeah, they um, did the fusion yeah. dance. Uh, yeah, they basically did the fusion dance. And it was great. It was great. And it was fun to see them. I mean, <laughs> I, I love they, you know, they kind of used Firestorm as a specific example of what we've kind of seen before in universe. All of this, of course, happening in Grodd's mind. Now, when you see a superpowered Grodd, to me, Bell. That that let me think that like Grodd's master plan here was to like free himself with the speed force intact. So, yeah, the whole that that, that whole storyline threw me for a loop because it's like Grodd's too smart. And I feel like he's playing Barry every single step of the way. But yeah, you keep you keep waiting for the betrayal. Right. But I don't think it ever came. Like, I, I think I think it's going to be I don't think we're not we're not seeing good Grodd. Like, I don't think that's happening here. Like, I think Grodd's going to go back to Gorilla City and then like, you know, something's going to happen where, uh, you know, they're going to face gonna off take again. over. Maybe. I mean, like, that's what it is. He's going to yeah, take he, over Gorilla City like you and do. He, yeah. And, and you know, may, maybe it'll be a thing where it's like, you know, Grodd's not concerned with taking over Central City anymore. Like, maybe that's the thing. But like. There's definitely going to be a face-off between those two, and I don't. I don't know if Gra was trying to steal uh, the the Speed Force and come out with you know Barry trapped in his mind and whatnot, um, 
and clearly Barry didn't want Grodd to be in his head because then he'd change into like some weird monkey person or something. I I really it was interesting because they made Grodd a sympathetic sympathetic character, and they've done this before with Grodd on this show. This this origin story in particular of him has really kind of made him to be sympathetic and then you kind of feel for him and then he does some horrible stuff and then you still kind of feel bad for him but then he ends up being a super villain so you know yeah they they keep throwing us for a loop it's like come on like do we feel bad for him or do we be like nah he's irredeemable because he keeps killing people well so i think that's the aspect of it they've never quite brought him fully to that irredeemable place and i think it's time to go there because grot is not Ah, uh, I, I, Grodd's not a character that is interesting as a good guy. Now I know I said that probably about Killer Frost, and here we are. <laughs> but like, but but you got to understand, he he needs to be more of like a top tier level villain. Like they did this with Captain Cold, they did this with Killer Frost. I don't want to see all of our villains become pseudo likable good guys slash antiheroes. Like we need some straight up legit dangerous like powerhouse villains not because of the literal power that they possess but because of their their tactical ability right yeah like what the thinker could have been before he just kind of started absorbing other powers and that sort of thing like we need a tactician we need somebody who um can orchestrate a a, a legion of doom and i think that's where somebody like grod could come in in a very exciting way so yeah it'd be interesting to see from here first of all i don't I, you know you're right bell they, they threw us for a loop with several times i don't think that grod is good like i'm sorry grod is not good all the time and all the time grod is not good okay it's just it, he's just evil he's just evil. yeah so and uh, maybe, maybe this was just like a red herring for flash to help him escape and it's gonna be enough to let him be off of flash's radar for a while for him to put in to plan, you know, whatever his master plan. Well, is, exactly you know? right. And I mean, I think he was lying with the truth. I don't think that he said anything that wasn't true. I think that he was, you know, playing on that sympathy card that that he would know would work with Team Flash in particular and Barry specifically. Um, you know, even like when it comes down to it, the guardian at the portal type situation, um, it's not like that was the real Solovar, right? That was just a like a like a mental block. Yeah, but I'm wondering, like, who put that in there? I think Grodd is orchestrating the entire thing. I think that, that you know, the manifestations of everything that was being seen, I mean, this was communicated all episode, is that Grodd was controlling that. So even just the fact that there's a portal there is just a manifestation of what needs to be overcome to free him. And so whatever that thing was, whatever that circuitry or mental block or mental barrier was, Grodd is the one that's making it to, like, appear to be uh Solovar. So I think that all of this is just orchestrated to tug at Barry's like, you know, heartstrings and position Grodd's enemies as the enemies of the Flash. And I I I think I think you're exactly right. He's going to go to Gorilla City. I think he's going to take control. But I think what we're going to see because we've already seen seen a Gorilla invasion of Central City, I think what we'll see in the future is a Grodd operating some kind of Legion of Doom or secret society of superhero supervillains like from Gorilla City. So we could see for example I don't know um 
goodness. Who so, We could see a Lex Luthor invited to Gorilla City to sit down, break bread, and talk about how they're going to take down the, the super superheroes, the super friends, if you will. Um, I think we could see villains from every single DC TV show right now for whenever we that get this, this next crossover next year. I mean, think about that. Like an actual Legion of Doom versus the Justice League. We now have a Justice League. We now have a Hall of Justice. Um, everybody's on the same earth. You know, how do they top crisis? Well, you, you hit them with a, with a, a, an evil legion of their own, right? So I think, I think something like this could be really fascinating, especially if Grodd is the one behind the scenes, um, really going, doing the work next season early on. Like, let's, let's say we hear like Subalov's like voice in the heads of like villains from like all these different shows to be that kind of connective tissue. Yeah. Right. That could be awesome. Yeah. Like. That could be that could be a pretty neat, uh, pretty neat way to go. I mean, I, I think we mentioned earlier when we were talking about like how to, you know, how do you what do you do after crisis? What's your next crossover? We talked about Starro versus the Justice League. But I, th- I think you're right. I think a Legion of Doom kind of thing now that we're all on the same earth and there's really no no reason why we couldn't do that. Uh, why couldn't Grodd talk to Lex Luthor? Uh, Lex Luthor's president, you know, uh, maybe maybe that's maybe that's what it is, is Grodd deposes uh, Solovar, who I'm guessing is the leader of, of Gorilla City now. Uh, and as a nation, you know, maybe he reaches out to the United States for some kind of like diplomatic protection or something like mm. that. And that's how they meet Lex Luthor. Uh, and then, you know, whatever, whatever Batwoman villain they want to pull in there. I don't know if it'd be Alice or if it'd be like, you know, a season two villain or something. Yeah. But. It'd be interesting to see where Alice lands at the end of this season, but no, no, no exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, having, having kind of those kind of caliber big names come together and even like, even bringing villains from the past in. That have been, you know, kind of heavy hitters bringing a death stroke in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. they'd be incredible. <sighs> that, I don't know if the, can the CW use death stroke now that there's like death stroke movie stuff. Maybe. I mean, like, I, I feel like post crisis, all rules are off. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would hope so. I would, I would hope that they would just get rid of those stupid rules. And be they like, did. Look. Ezra was on the screen with Grant. We are in a whole new world right now. And that is very true. Yeah. Speaking of in a whole new world, um, Iris has been in a whole new world. We saw this episode, the mirror Iris going to meet with Joe. Joe clearly seeing that something's off with her, but at the same time, kind of brushing it off at the same time. So um, mirror Iris is trying to steal from Central City. Now, this this is uh, really interesting to me. Central City PD, uh, for the first time, I think, in the entire history of this series, starting to put a good separation between what is police department business and what is star labs business? Yeah. Which is something that we've never seen uh, before. <laughs> well, I think it's good that Joe's the one enacting it because obviously he's, he's got, you know, he's got a foot in each door, right? So it makes right. sense that, that he would recognize the need more so now than ever to have a clear separation of these two institutions and organizations. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, yeah, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, seeing all the extra legal things that team flash has done over the years for Joe to be in, in that position, I think is, is the best person to be there. So they can kind of like, you know, we, we've done the, you know, imprison people without due process thing before. Let's, let's just, let's just handle this with the police stuff. And then oh, wow. you guys do yeah. your flash stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that, that's a good point. He's, he's really, I hadn't really thought about the him going into that chief position with uh, our captain position with a lot of a lot of intimate like, knowledge of heinous crimes being committed yeah, by Team Flash, <laughs> like, like on a federal level, like, like right, <laughs> nothing right, to, nothing to scoff at here. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, so that's the thing. Iris Mirror Iris rather is out trying to get this information from Joe. Um, definitely acting 
out of character. And to some extent, Iris Mirror Iris has been acting uh, to an extent out of character, but but only to an extent. There has always been something about Mirror Iris that has felt like Iris, like just an Iris that is finally free, like an Iris that is kind of um, able to express in a way that for whatever reason, she hasn't felt able to express in the past. And uh, so we see her snap at Joe. We see her take this information. And ultimately, we see that she's not quite who she says she is. Now, back in the mirror dimension, we see Ava and Iris chilling out, still in that same room, even though apparently there's a whole universe out there. They're still in that same room. And Iris gets this idea that, okay, this device that she's working on, maybe there could be something here. It's in the other earth. And so if it's in the other earth, then it's here. But it's all for naught because what ends up happening is Ava, whenever she does the thing with the mirror thing, uh, her arms burn and she's melting and it's it's awful. And so Iris is like, no, we're not going to do this. This is, this is terrible. This presents us with a lot of information, Bell. First of which, whatever happens to Ava clearly also happens to Mirror Iris. Yes. And so here's my other question. Um, were those actual burns or did Ava just make that up? Like somehow like have some kind of like, I can manipulate my skin. And so I'm trying to remember specifically, did Mirror Iris say that like it hurts? Didn't she like express like pain? She she seemed very startled and said, what did you do to us? Okay, so we don't know that she necessarily felt it. You think that she may have just seen it? Yeah, she'd be like, whoa, what's going on? Like, what are you, what are you trying to do? Kind if, of thing. If that's that would make some sense, you do get the sense that Ava, well, I mean, this is the, the other thing. This is the big thing. I, Ava's lying. She's lying about probably freaking everything. Yeah, and, and she's definitely using Mirror Iris to get dirt on McCulloch, right? Like, that. that's kind of what we were thinking. Yes. Is she's going in there? I, but we don't know what to what extent, right? Like, we don't know if she's trying to bring him down, uh, if she's trying to... Uh, I don't know, like trying, trying to like get revenge on somebody or something. It's yeah. Not, I don't, I don't think there's enough information there yet to kind of like get a, a real crack at like what, because Iris's whole investigation to begin with was to bring them down. Right. Uh, and then like with the police involved now, they're, they're doing like the Rico thing. And so, uh, but, but Iris, uh, the particular, who was the person that she was trying to get the file for? Um, um, Carver. Well, if you can believe it, are you talking about Iris pre going into the mirrorverse? No, Mirror Iris was taking the file, like the the file for who from what was Joe? The guy's name? From Joe, yes, no, but well, who was who was the guy uh, the the file for? It was a particular person. I can't recall. Oh, not who she's trying to get it to. You mean like literally what is it on? Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I I don't recall. I mean, it had some sort of tech something or another to do. And I thought I got the sense, if I'm remembering correctly, although it could be merging all these various mem- mirrors, mirror universes all merging. It could it could be that um, I thought it was related to the device they were talking about. Okay, so Mirai was just trying to get a file, the file from Joe that she wanted, but it was all involved in like the Rico case. That's why Joe wouldn't give him uh, uh, give it to her. Um, but I'm I'm pretty sure the name was Carver, like and Joseph Carver. Like Joseph Carver uh, and Joseph Carver was a guy um, uh, who had ties to black hole in the comics. Uh, now I want to say he was, uh, he was, he was struck by lightning. Um, he got like burn scars and stuff. Uh, I don't think we've seen him yet, but. Um, 
Interesting. There, there, there's there's definitely a tie with Black Hole. Joseph Carver in the comics has a tie with Black Hole. Black Hole's who we're investigating here. And and maybe this is something that uh, and, and even still, I, I don't know to what ends Ava is, is trying. Like, I, I don't know if she's going for revenge or she's going for more information to try to bring him down or something. Or, or maybe she's working with him. I don't know. Um, you know what? But, we, we really haven't talked too much about the black hole of the comics mostly because this everything thus far has seemed very not related to the black hole of the comics um it seemed like you know as they've done you know multiple times over that um you know they, they've got they take something from the comics and they kind of give their own spin i mean we've even, yeah. even just ava in particular is she's a completely different version of you know the the evan from the comics so we you know this is not something that they don't do this is something they do quite a bit they take they take something from the comics they give it their own spin um a lot of times it works sometimes it doesn't but for that reason sometimes we don't really even lean too hard on like the source material to try to figure out what's going on but you know you mentioned joseph here and and for the first time i'm actually kind of reconsidering like everything that's happening right now like if we look at what black hole was all about in the comics they were essentially trying to um like harvest the speed force like weaponize it basically weaponize it's a good term for it they were trying they were going in and they were like exploring exploiting um i mean i never saw that that movie with all the blue folks and everything that everybody went crazy about avatar i never saw avatar but i think it's kind of like they were like trying to avatar up the speed force okay like well and and that's interesting too because like when we saw uh godspeed right like if if they're trying to manipulate the speed force maybe that's where all these godspeeds are coming from right it's 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 black hole trying to do that but then again why the light angle where does the light come from well but think about godspeed in particular because i mean godspeed is a speedster but with a pure white lightning that goes around him so maybe they're trying to like use light tech to mm. harness speed force energy or like i don't know interesting you know what so real quick to wrap this up because this is bringing us straight into that next segment <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, yeah but but let's just wrap this up real quick so i are we dealing with the uh, is mirror iris iris or is mirror iris uh ava uh, mirror iris is uh is is a combination of the two. I think they're linked. So what it is is it's it's not Iris. It's parts of Iris's personality. It's Iris's memories. But it's like you know Ava's tenacity and mm. Ava's. Uh, uh, they did a fusion dance. Yes, they, exactly. They they did a fusion dance and like all all the parts of uh, of Iris uh, that. Iris isn't isn't conscious of anything that's going on out there. So I I think it's just they did a fusion Mm -hmm. dance and um, it's like it's basically Ava with 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 Iris's memories. Yep, I agree. hundred percent. That's that's exactly what's going on. That's where I would put my money as well. I don't think it's just Ava. I I definitely don't think that it's like an Iris um, who's being blackmailed by Ava or anything like that. I think I think you're right. I think it's fusion dance. It's the two of them. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But oh my gosh, we got to talk about this other stuff. So that's going to bring us to this week's Speedster Speculation. All right. So we're going to do something different. As I referenced earlier in the episode, um, rather than doing Speedster Speculation about something that we saw in this week, although we're going to be talking about stuff that happened this week that's going to go into the Speedster Speculation, it's going to tie directly into the preview for next week's episode. So... If, you're Which so- if you haven't seen it, you can check it out on YouTube. 
uh to to it, it's like it's 30 seconds long so that's right uh, but here's the thing yeah. if you're one of these people that does not like watching the previews for next episode and you want to go in blind you're not going to want to listen to the rest of this podcast so that's also true thank y'all so much for listening and, and we will talk to y'all later uh back in flash and all that good stuff for all the rest of you as bell just mentioned you can go online and watch it if you haven't done so and that we're just going to assume that you do that now and now we're going to pick up right here so bell in this preview for next week's episode, uh, which awesome, by the way, that you actually got a chance to see a preview for next week's episode. I know. I, I, I watched it right after the episode. I just went on YouTube and I was like, I'm just going to do it. I'm, I, I started doing that now. It makes me mad that they don't play them on the end of the streaming episode. So I just go to YouTube and watch them. And, uh, you know, we keep saying next week, but the next the next episode, which will actually be in two weeks. Um really exciting, right? Cisco's coming back. Uh, Wally's coming back. Wally comes in and says, there's something wrong with the speed force. Something's happened. Something's damaging it. Something, you know, something's up. And as he started saying that when I, when I watched it, if you go into that, that trailer, that preview, you see a lot of stuff going on. For one thing, Barry is wearing the negative speed force harness. Yes. Uh, that is spouting freaking blue lightning, uh, as well as like every color lightning. So there's a lot that's going on just even in that one shot to unpack. Yeah. Um, and we see that Wally at the least the way that it's set up, Wally seems to be accusing Barry for having done something to the speed force, which immediately kind of ties back to Barry when he was off with Diggle and he was, you know, getting mad and we saw the lightning show up and it was redder than it normally is. It was yellow, but it was more red than it normally is. And even he was kind of reacting, seeing that something seemed off. Um, Getting back to what we just said, man, I, I had I really had not put these pieces together until we started talking about this. What if it's actually what if what Black Hole is up to is actually directly what they were doing in the comics? What if we are seeing Black Hole like using light energy as a means to force their way into the speed force and like harvest it, take it. And Wally has, has kind of started to like land on their trail. And in addition to that, one of the things we saw from uh, from Mega Wells, like he is coming reverse flash kind of thing. There, there, right. There's, there's got to be some reverse flash implications there, too. Right. Well, so. All right. So after seeing that, I almost kind of wondered if perhaps these God speeds were somehow connected to Eobard in some form or fashion. Like perhaps he is. um like trying to fight his way back into existence. And so the result of that is all these kind of failed attempts, which are essentially Godspeeds. Oh, interesting. That was, that was kind of an idea I had. Although now I almost wonder if it's Eobard somehow behind the scenes, pulling the strings of possibly Ava, possibly someone else entirely. Because in the comics, I think it was Grodd actually who was behind the scenes pulling black uh, black holes strings, like hmm. you know, like three layers in that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. But what if, what if Eobard is trapped in the Speed Force, and he is manipulating things from within the Speed Force to control Ava and all of like all of the black hole folks and everything. And basically what they are doing is they're excavating the speed force in an attempt to free him. Okay. So same, same thought, different, uh, 
Same. Okay. Let me do. I don't know how to say that. Anyway, um, no, I don't know. I, I think this is what it is. I think Black Hole is trying to weaponize the Speed Force. Uh, I think because of Crisis, Reverse Flash is like trapped in the Speed Force. I don't think that Black Hole is has any knowledge whatsoever of uh, Reverse Flash. I think through their meddling, they're going to release him and. I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a. Per- they're not doing it on, on purpose. They don't. They don't really know what's going on. They're just trying to weaponize the speed yeah, force. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 by by that fact, they're going to accidentally release uh, Eobard back. And this is going to be like this is going to be like crazy Eobard, like Eobard tenth level power kind of thing. Because, um, <laughs> like, yeah, th- 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 this is gonna this is gonna be the biggest and strongest and baddest Eobard that we've ever seen, dude. And and he's gonna need a host. He's gonna need a host because he's existed without form. And who better to host Eobard than Mega Wells? Like Mega oh, Wells is already kind of starting to feel the tremors, right? Yeah, and 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 maybe something to do with that. Like maybe Mega Wells, since Eobard took the face of Harrison, maybe somehow that all kind of links them together too. And so maybe like you know, not only is it all the Wellses, but there's also Eobard in there with them. Ah, uh, maybe, possibly. I mean, I I've, I don't know. I've you know, I think I can get down with the idea that, you know, when he genetically swapped places with the original, you know, Earth One Harrison Wells, he, you know, did become a doppelganger of all other Harrison Wells, even though he was not, you know, he, he was Eobard, so he wasn't Harrison Wells. But I mean, like genetically, he he did technically become a doppelganger of all of them. So there, there's an argument to be made there that the that that particular version of Eobard would be more connected and more self-aware that the actual Eobard is coming. Um, that the, the mega bard, <laughs> the mega, yeah. there's a mega Eobard, an ultra Eobard. A, um, well, and, and, and maybe, maybe cause like, you know, we were, my whole thing with the mega wells is that they knew that the crisis was coming. And so they came up with a way to kind of like save themselves by forming mega wells. Maybe Eobard, was also privy to that due to his connection with the Wellses. I still and don't so, vibe with it, with your theory of how they, they, how mega Wells was created. I mean, you might be right. I mean, you, you have been thus far, but so, but I, I don't, I, I think you're right that, that mega Wells is mega Wells, but I don't think that's how we became mega Wells. Okay. Well, I'm just putting that out you, there. How do you like being wrong again? I mean, I'm fine with being wrong again. It's, just, <laughs> it's a cool concept. I was, I, when, 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 when we saw uh, Sherlock, I was like, oh my gosh, Mecca Wells is real. I was like, yeah, that yeah. was right. Hashtag. Yeah. Well, and, and like, and like, that's, that's what I'm thinking is, is it, there's some kind of, you know, they found out a way to merge consciousnesses. Eobard found out a way to save himself from the crisis. And I'm yeah. going to guess it's something like when the crisis hit, when all the worlds are destroyed, he had to be in the speed force. And, mm, mm-hmm. and so like, you know, that's why he had to escape uh, in the future and uh, in, in Nora's uh, uh, timeline uh, because he was in prison there. Uh, so he had to escape into the speed force so that when crisis hit, he was in the speed force and, and therefore protected. Well, or in the negative speed force. I mean like that, there's, there's a question as to whether or not he even has access to this. I mean, like he, he converts speed force energy, but can he actually like tap into the speed force? I, you know, I don't know. It's possible yeah. that the speed force, um, took him or, Ooh, or the time wraiths actually brought him to the speed force, which is also possible. Or, okay. So 
Oliver saved everybody by bringing them into the Speed Force. Okay, from Crisis. Well, right? no. So this this is not true. I saw this. I, I saw like a discussion going on about about that, and I, I don't. That's not right. I, Oliver saved everybody by bringing them to the Vanishing Point. Yes, but then he put all of them. Well, then why did Barry have to go into the Speed Force and like get them all throughout time and stuff? Didn't Barry drop them in the Speed Force? I feel like he like grabbed everyone and then ran back in time and then like dropped them along the way and then he had to go back and re- like refine them. I, I don't know. But all I'm saying is that like the, the speed force is fundamental and everybody's surviving. Uh-huh. The crisis. Yeah. So maybe Eobard used the reverse speed force to save himself. It's possible. I mean, I, now, the negative speed force. Yeah. No, I mean, it's definitely possible. Definitely possible. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, like, you know, I, at first I was actually wondering if what what Wally was sensing could have had something to do with uh, with perhaps XS uh, in some form or fashion like finding her way back, you know, maybe, you know, if you think about the idea of the negative speed force as the opposite of the speed force, right? Like if there's a kind of a pseudo balance that exists between the two, maybe it's very well possible that, um, when somebody taps into the negative speed force, like a copy or a part of themselves also is tapping into the speed force. And therefore when one is eradicated one place, it's not totally eradicated because the other still, could exist i don't know i'm i'm maybe thinking a little bit too deep into it interesting i don't know but i, I do like this idea that perhaps eobard is behind black hole and attempting to free himself although that is literally what he did last season so i don't, I don't know <laughs> yeah like, i i, I that, that's why i don't think it's going to be that I, yeah. I think i think he was he's he's trapped there uh and, and it's messing like it's messing up the speed force wherever he is mm. uh be it the negative speed force or whatever he he is messing up the speed force yeah. and uh black holes meddling with it is going to end up releasing him which is going to cause some crazy effects for the speed force and this next episode can't get here fast enough like i'm excited for it this was an excellent episode one of the best of the season uh one of the one of the tops of the series as a whole i would argue um, so really, really great episode this week. It looks like next week our next uh, episode is going to be the same. Of course, next episode we won't necessarily uh, be here because uh, we don't. Our next week we won't necessarily be here because we won't have an episode, but we will definitely be back once that episode comes in. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's going to be a fun one. This is David Sobolov, the voice of Gorilla Grodd on the Flash. And you're listening to Flash TV Talk. I am Grodd. All right, listener feedback. We got some listener feedback in. Uh, first one is a troll. I'm sorry, David. I love you, brother, but <laughs> I, I I see a troll and I uh, I know a troll when I see one. What did David have to say? <laughs> oh my Lanta, but was right. Sherlock Wells is the reverse Flash. I knew there was a reason why this is a great podcast. You guys are the best. <laughs> no, I, I I immediately thought the same thing. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> Sherlock is he a bard? And uh, yeah, no, I. But that was that was good. That was good, David. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. All right, so next one is from our amazing editor Mike. He says, dude, I'm seeing criticism about the effects of the latest Grot episode of the Flash. I have to say that, or about the effects specifically specifically the special effects on the latest episode of uh, specifically on Grodd, I have to say that I strongly disagree. I think it had the visuals it needed for the story. And it also contains my single favorite Grodd visual. Why do folks got to be so negative so much? Uh, he says they didn't need to spend massive amounts on creative for the visual of Grodd. And it captures the moment perfectly of him just standing there. The episode was weak in a couple things about chunk character wise, but it was forgivable. Anyway, 
Just needed to get that off my chest. Thanks. Of course, that's our amazing editor, Mike. In terms of the effects, I agree wholeheartedly. I thought I thought the effects were great. Like I, I'm I'm usually one to catch bad effects and like they 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 they'll, they'll stand they'll stand out to me and bother me sometimes. But like I didn't have any of that this time. Maybe it's because it was like you know flawed uh, running around, and that was that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Um, I mean, there's there's yeah. a definite rule of cool that goes into that big time. And I thought the I thought the woods fight scene was really good. But I will say overall, since the entire thing happened in a dreamscape. Even the clearly CGI gorilla of it all didn't feel too out of place because everything yeah. felt a little out of place. So I thought that worked. Um, in terms of the uh, the Chester aspect of it, you know, th- there was the quintessential pep talk uh, that occurred between uh, a character and, and another character in, in a hallway. That's that's just par for the course. And so it was Chester's turn to get a pep talk. I don't know that Camilla will be officially part of the team until she gets a pep talk in the hallway. Cause they all got to get it. I mean, yeah, it basically it's a prerequisite to joining team flash. You got to have a hallway pep talk. That's true. Oh, by the way, frost also in this episode. Uh, yeah. Yes. So there you go. She was the one giving the hallway pep talk. She got, she gave the hallway pep talk. She so ha- now you're, so, so once you receive a hallway pep talk and then you give a hallway pep talk, you're like top tier team flash. Oh, it comes for a full circle, full pipeline. If oh, yeah. you will. <laughs> yeah it's excellent <laughs> anyway good stuff hey if you got some feedback for us or want to share your thoughts on the episodes feel free to e- email those in anytime at uh, flash at potisteri.com of course this show is made possible directly by all of you listening in uh if you've not done so already head over to itunes and write us a review it's a great way to help out the show doesn't cost you a dime to do it but if you do have a few dimes you can help support this show keep going and growing head over to patreon.com slash tv talk to help us get to that Earth 90 uh, TV Talk podcast for over the break. Uh, that can only happen with your support. So learn more at patreon.com slash TV Talk. And of course, throughout the week, you can follow us. Send all of your praise to Bell for how amazing the Mega Wells <laughs> theory is uh, by uh, by heading over to at Flash TV Talk or him at Ring That Bell or me at the Real Bo York. But if 280 characters isn't enough to express your love for our show, feel free to email us at flash at podestery.com. That's P-O-D-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. And for the latest news, daily discussions on all things Flash, find it somewhere, but probably not on our Facebook page. But there is where you used to be able to watch us live. In fact, you know what? I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to stop the traditional <laughs> outro so that I can vent for just a quick second here. We've been trying, man. We, 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 the last couple of weeks, we went to broadcast on Facebook. Everything was looking like it was broadcasting to everyone except anybody that could actually see it. And yeah, the only person who looked and, and could see the broadcast was you. It was me. And that's kind of, you know, not... not it doesn't really work. So here's what I'm thinking. Um, we've had some great suggestions. Folks have said, uh, move to Twitch. Not a bad idea. Um, they're, they're, I mean, we might do YouTube. There's, there's a couple of ways we could take it one way or the other. It's going to require some new software and a new setup. Um, again, let me just give a quick plug for patreon.com slash TV talk. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it, we're going to have to re- rethink the way that we do it because nobody has onboard broadcasting anymore. And so therefore, uh, we're going to need to upgrade some things around here, which hopefully we will do by the time we return. Um, maybe even next week, uh, or, or before I might even do kind of a test broadcast, but um, so stay tuned for more information about that. We'll be posting it to Twitter as well as Facebook at facebook.com slash flash TV talk. And as always, special thanks to Charlie Bach who provides music for our bumps and our podcast. You can listen to the rest of his awesome stuff at soundcloud.com slash Charlie Bach. And we are very proud to be part of the TV talk family at TV talk.fm. Check it out for all your latest and greatest TV talk needs. TV talk.fm. And that's going to do it for us for this week. Join us in the future, not next week, but the next week for a wonderful Flash TV talk where we will be back in a flash.
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.